Hello, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee. Appreciate you listening in. We uh, are on Blog Talk Radio twice a month, the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, and we're glad that you're listening in. And so tonight uh, I want to pray, and we'll um, tonight I'm going to teach on a captive spirit. And um, today is June the 5th, 2018. Father, we just come before your mighty throne, and we thank you that we can come. We thank you that you're our Abba Father. We thank you that you're the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We thank you that you're the Commander-in-Chief of all the armies of heaven. We thank you, Lord, that you're our Lord, our Savior, our King, our God, our Doctor, our Deliverer, our Healer. You're the one that restores our life. We thank you, Lord, that you redeem the years the locusts have eaten. We just praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father, that we can overcome in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you shed your precious blood at Calvary, making it possible for us to walk in victory. You've already won the battle. And, Lord, tonight I ask you to take human words and make them, by the power of your Holy Spirit, more able to speak and to touch lives. I pray, Father, for human ears. Give them, by the power of your Holy Spirit, the ability to hear. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus you'll give understanding that we might live, that each person who's listening in uh, tonight will know the truth and the truth set them free. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Well, this message could be called the land of forgetfulness or a captive spirit or just being swallowed up. Um, a captive spirit is where we can be in the demons and as well as we can also have demon spirits working in us. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, which means drink down, gulp down and swallow up. So there's a warning here in the New Testament in 1 Peter 5 eight that we're to be sober, we're to be alert, because the devil seeks to devour us. And that word in the, in the Greek means uh, swallow down, gulp down, uh, and swallow up. That's what it means. And so I've discovered that there are people over the years of the last 35 years <clears throat> I've been in deliverance. There's been times you pray for somebody and you just kind of feel a wall. It's like a, a captive spirit. It's just a place where a person is held captive. And I guess a good way to illustrate it would be if you draw a circle on a blackboard and you put a person inside that circle, that's a place where a person has been swallowed up inside the enemy. And so we want to talk about that tonight. And the Bible describes um, this place as being a person being in the land of forgetfulness, according to Psalms 88. And when I, when God first gave me this message, I was ministering to a man, and um, he he was a person that really hadn't succeeded in life. His dad was a very wealthy businessman uh, in another state. Uh, he never achieved anything and never accomplished anything. In fact, his daddy uh, grew up in a in a orphanage. And so this man, from the time he was a little bitty boy, his daddy would play with him, but his daddy always had to win. So he lived a life of defeat, failure, and he was unable to articulate um, just a lots of problems, couldn't hold a job. Um, <clears throat> and so he said to me when I was ministering to him, my wife said, I'm in the land of forgetfulness, according to Psalms 88. So I read Psalms 88, 
And sure enough, I saw that's exactly where he was because the whole, um, every verse just about in Psalms 88 described him. And I'm going to read that to you in a minute. But how many of you that are in the ministry listening in, as you prayed with somebody and it seems like nothing happens? It's not that something's not happening, but they're in a place of captivity. In Haiti, there's the living, the dead, and the living dead. And so a person that's uh, swallowed up, he's kind of like, um, not a zombie, but he's kind of like, he's living, but he's he's really dead uh, to what he can do, his abilities. It's almost like things have been locked away, uh, all his gifts and talents, unable to live a victorious life. And so, you know, all of us can say maybe in varying de- degrees we've been swallowed up because that warning in First Peter uh, 5, 8, it's not just to one believer, it's to all believers that we're to be warned. It can come down generationally, can come down through uh, trauma, childhood trauma. Basically, a person gets swallowed up when they flee from life, they, they choose to run from life rather than deal with life. You know, fear can cause a person to get swallowed up. Sometimes people kind of check out emotionally to uh, to cope or to go into denial. Uh, it's really when we fail to go to God, we fail to run to God, we run away from God, the enemy swallows us up. When we make something else our refuge, in other words, if, when we go through trauma as a child or any other time, if we don't go to God, we turn to a false God. And so if we don't run to God's refuge, the scripture says in Proverbs 18:10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe. If we don't do, if we don't do that, then the enemy can swallow us up and we come into a false refuge, which is because of our idolatry or our rebellion. And so other names for it is swallowed up, a captive spirit being in the land of forgetfulness. Isaiah 42 calls it being in a cave, a grave, a prison, a dungeon. Uh, if you have your Bibles, it's good to it's good to read your Bible along with me because I'm going to use a lot of scripture tonight because uh, it might sound like a kind of a weird message, but I like to prove what I'm teaching in the Word of God. Uh, Isaiah 42, 6 says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people and as a light to the nations. You know, Jesus tells us that we're to walk in the light as he's in the light. Then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. You know, believers, if believers pick and choose who they're going to fellowship with, they're not walking in love. And the way we walk in the light is to walk in love. And the Bible says love is the fulfillment of all the law. Um, The scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, and your neighbor as yourself. And there are certain people that want to be selective and who they fellowship with, and that's not walking in love. God is no respecter of persons, and he doesn't want us to be a respecter of persons. But it says that as a light, we're to be a light to the nations, to open blind eyes and to bring out prisoners from their dungeons, so here it's called a dungeon, and from those who dwell in darkness from the prison. They shall be turned back and be utterly put to shame, you who trust in idols. You say, well, you know, I don't worship Buddha, I don't worship Diana, I don't worship Kali or some of the false gods. But an idol is anything that you love more than Jesus. And you always know you have an idol if you get angry when you don't get it or you fear you won't have it or if you have it, you fear you'll lose it or you get depressed when you don't get it. 
the Bible says in in First Samuel fifteen twenty three that all iniquity is as idolatry. And so when we're trusting in idols, we're trusting we know we have an idol if we're angry or bitter or unforgiveness or practicing those sins behind it uh, is idolatry. In fact, anytime we live in anger behind anger is, I mean, what's attached to an angry spirit is it's attached to a hot wire that's attached to an idol. And so uh, he's saying, I'm going to put you to utterly shame, you who trust in idols, who say to molten images, you are our gods. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Who is so blind as to my servant or so deaf as my messenger whom I have sent? Who is so blind as he that is at peace with me or so blind as the servant of the Lord? And, you know, you might not think you're blind, but a friend of mine and I I were talking the other day. He said, you know, you really don't know how messed up you are. The more you walk with God, the more messed up you really know you are. And you thank God. You can thank God for his mercy and grace. Isaiah 42, 20 says, you have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open, but not hears. In other words, you have ears, but you don't have ears that hear. Over and over in the word of God, Jesus said to him who has ears, let him hear. They all had ears. We all have ears, but we don't all have spiritual ears. So if you don't have spiritual ears, ask God to give you spiritual ears. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to make the law great and glorious. But this is a people plundered and and despoiled. All of them are trapped in caves. Now he's saying they're trapped in caves or hidden away in prison. They have become a prey with none to deliver them as a spoil with none to say, give them back. You know, God says that if God is for you, who can be against you? Well, these people, because of their rebellion and because they didn't have ears to hear, because they didn't listen, because they rebelled, then our covenant partner, Jesus, is not there to say, give them back. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God's not for you, guess what? Everybody's against you. Isaiah forty two twenty three. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will give here and listen hereafter? Who gave Jacob, and that's a type of the church, and, and believers are the, are the Israel of God. You can read that in um, chapter 3. You can read it in Romans 2 and Romans 9. It says, Who gave Jacob up for spoil and Israel to plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned and in whose way they were not willing to walk? And in whose law they did not obey. So this is really a picture of what happens to the church when we are in rebellion. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, the devil really is attacking you. Well, he is. But guess what? He couldn't attack you unless God allowed him to. And so we might always ask when we go through something, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this? But anyway, they weren't willing to walk God's way. So he poured out on them, him, the heat of his anger and the fierceness of battle and set him aflame all around and he did not recognize it and it burned him but but he paid no attention now you know that's a spiritual fire and we don't really know it's happening to us i remember at a seminar praying for a man and he said pray for me i feel like my back's on fire and i and i thought of the scripture in jude that that tells believers to snatch men out of the fire so I took his hands, hand and I say, I, I said, I snatched him out of the fire and he went, well, I felt that. And of course, it was after I led him in repentance of some things. I, I, I snatched him out of the fire as the Bible told me to do. 
First Peter 5, 8 calls it being devoured by the enemy. And I said, as I said earlier, devour in the, in the Greek means to, to drink down, gulp down, and swallow up. Ezekiel 37 calls it being in a grave. You know, when, when Ezekiel got the vision of the dry dead bones that were in the valley, uh, he said that he spoke to the, he said, oh, prophesy to the wind and say to the breath, oh, wind, come and breathe on these that are slain. And then it says, I'm going to take you out of the graves where you've been buried. And that's a picture of the church. <clears throat> Psalms 88, if you've got your Bibles, if you'll read this with me, Psalms 88 says, uh, calls us being in the, the um, being in the land of forgetfulness or the land of darkness. Verse 1 says, O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried to you by day and night before you. This man had a prayer life. He was talking to God every day. Let my, and also he read his Bible. It says, let my prayer come before you, before thee, incline thy ear to my cry. For my soul has enough troubles and my life has drawn near to shield. Didn't say he was in shield. It said he drew near to shield. I am reckoned as those who go down into the pit. I have become like a person without strength. So it was like he never seemed to accomplish anything. Or I believe, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, that he even had a law degree, but couldn't, wasn't able to even practice it. Verse five: Forsaken among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave whom thou dost remember no more. It was like ever, no one remembered him. It was like he had no personality. And a lot of times a person that's extremely uh, uh, swallowed up doesn't have a whole lot of, of personality. With whom, whom thou dost remember, and they were out, and they were cut off from the land, from thy hand. Thou hast put me in the lowest pit, in dark places, in the depths. In other words, he didn't say the devil put me there. He said God put me there. Thy wrath has rested upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Thou hast removed my acquaintances far from me. And he experienced rejection from his family. His kids didn't want to be like him, uh, had no respect for him. His wife had no respect for him. Thou hast made me an object of loathing to them. I am swallowed up and cannot go out. My eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon thee every day, O Lord. I have poured out my hand. I have spread out my hands to thee. Will thou perform wonders for the dead? Will the departed spirits rise and give you praise? Will thy loving kindness be declared in the grave? By faithfulness in Abaddon? Will thy wonders be made known in darkness and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help, and in the morning my prayer comes before thee. O Lord, why hast thou rejected me, my soul? You see, when we turn to idols and we turn to uh, false refuges because of childhood trauma or whatever we go through, it's really idolatry, and without realizing it, it's subtle rebellion. We, we may not be willfully re- rebellious, but it's still rebellion if I don't turn to God. Why dost thou hide thy face from me? I, have a, I was afflicted and about to die from my 
youth own. I suffer thy terrors, I am overcome. Thy burning anger has passed over me, thy terrors have destroyed me. They have surrounded me like water all day long. They have encompassed me altogether. Thou hast removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are in darkness. And, of course, this word forgetfulness means to be in a place of oblivion. And people that are swallowed up, they're just oblivious to a lot of things that are going on around them. Oblivion means the condition of our quality of being completely forgotten, the act or instance of forgetting, total forgetfulness, uh, to be overlooked, absence of anything perceptible, void, non-existent, blandness, extinction, the condition of being extinguished, Basically, it, it it just means limbo, which refers to a state of oblivion, confinement, or transition, condition, or quality of being nothing, non-existent, empty, empty space, void, lack of consequence. Insignificant, inconsequential, emptiness, total lack of ideas, emptiness of mind, absence of meaningful occupation, idleness, the quality or fact of being devoid of something um, specified, not paying attention, heedless, marked by our paying little heed, unmindful, unaware, incognizant, uh, ignorant, insensible, insensitive. Those are just some of the words of, of uh, to describe a person in oblivion or in limbo, a person in the land of forgetfulness. And, of course, it's, it's in varying degrees. Sometimes it can come down even generationally. A person is taken captive when they refuse to deal with whatever goes on God's way. And those little children, they don't know they can go to God, so they turn to whatever they think makes them more comfortable or they check out emotionally or go into a false refuge. And so a person is taken captive when he refuses to risk life or when he flees or turns away from life. And when this happens, Satan can step in and captivate a person's spirit. And this is one of the roots of a deaf and dumb spirit. You know, Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. So if I'm, we're not under God's shadow and protection, we come under the shadow of death, which is a totally different refuge, a false refuge. Psalms 107 says there are those who dwelt in darkness, prisoners in misery and death. And then it goes on to say they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their, um, from their bondage. And so the good news is that we don't have to stay in this place. I remember after God taught me this message, 
um, I remember praying for a different lady, and I, it was like it, while I was praying for her, it was like the Lord said to me that she's in this captive place. She's got it in a captive spirit. And I went and I just prayed to myself. I said, well, Lord, how do I get her out of here? And the Lord said, just take her hand and pull her out. And I did. It's a spiritual place that you cannot see with the human eye. But praise God, we can be delivered. Isaiah 28 calls it making a covenant with death. Isaiah 28:15 says, because you have said we have made a covenant with death, we have with Sheol, we've made a pact. The overcoming scourge will not reach us. In other words, I make a pact, I make a covenant with, with Sheol uh, to, so that I can avoid the overwhelming scourge getting me. See, I need to be running to God whenever I go through a problem. So I have made a, a pact with Sheol. The overcoming scourge will not reach me when it passes by, or for I have made falsehood my refuge. You see, any time I go to anything but God, I've made, a, I've, I've made a refuge out of something else. I've turned to something else. You know, we can make a refuge out of alcohol, out of drugs, out of escape, out of denial. We can make a refuge out of a lot of things. Um, food, a lot of times people go uh, make food their refuge. That's what they're trusting in. And you see, when we do this, we've really believed a lie. We've concealed ourselves with deception. It says, for we have made falsehood our refuge, and we have concealed ourselves with deception. Nahum 3.11 says, you too will become drunk. You will be hidden. You too will search for a refuge from the enemy. In other words, if I'm not searching for God as my refuge, this is what happens in verse uh, 12 of chapter 3 of Nahum. All your fortifications are are like fig trees with ripe fruit. When shaken, they fall into the eater's mouth. So what? Guess what? If I make a fortification or a refuge out of anything else, I'm like a the first ripe, ripe fig of summer. The minute you shake the 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 fig tree, it falls. It, the fig falls into someone's mouth, so you get swallowed up. And then there's a warning in Acts 13:40 that says, "Brethren." See to it that you do not, um, let's see, I'm trying to think. I'm not, I don't have this written down. And I'm going to paraphrase. See to it that, that you, Dorothy, do you have your Bible? Can you read Acts 13:40 for me? I'm, for some reason, can't, are not able to quote it. Yeah, let me find it. I'll bring it up. Acts 13:40. Acts thirteen forty. Mhm. Might be easy to grab the hard one rather than get the. Hold on. Oh. Don't touch that phone. I'm sorry. I didn't give you any warning. I didn't know. I usually I can quote that verse, and I just just had the reference and didn't have the words. It needs to be read. Oh, I know what it says. See to it that the thing spoken of in the prophet does not come upon you. 
is talking to the brethren. See to it that the thing spoken of in the prophet might not come to you. Go ahead and read it, Dorothy, if you've got it. Almost. I'm in Acts. Okay, thirteen forty. Thirteen forty. Thirteen. Verse forty. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Um, Should I go on to 41? Um, You can. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Yes. Now that, that passage of scripture was taken right out of Habakkuk one twelve. So there's a warning to the brethren that the things spoken of in the prophet won't come upon us. So in Habakkuk, if you've got your Bibles, Habakkuk one twelve says, Are thou now, Habakkuk is asking God a question, Are thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We will not die. Thou, O Lord, has appointed them. And if you read the first part of that chapter of Habakkuk, it's talking about the Chaldeans. You've appointed them, and that's type and shadow of the demons. You've appointed them to judge, and thou, O rock, have established them to correct. So God uses the enemy to correct us whenever we are outside of his refuge. Because if you pictured God's refuge like a big umbrella, well, when you're under that refuge, you're safe, but you get outside that umbrella, and that's out in Satan's territory, and that's where the fiery darts are flying. It says, thine eyes are too, the reason, why are you allowing, let me back up here, it says, and thou, O rock, has established them to correct. And in other words, why, Lord? Because thine eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why does you look with favor on those who deal treacherously? Why are thou silent when the wicked swallow up the, the? Why are thou silent when the wicked swallow up the those more righteous than they? And so th- there's a warning there in Acts thirteen forty that this don't happen to the brethren. And so how one goes into this place of captivity, Psalm eighty eight says it's a place like uh, where do they go? It's like a place like Sheol. It's not Sheol. Psalms 88.3 says, and my life has drawn near to Sheol. It's not in Sheol, but it's in a place like Sheol. And so we can see that a Christian can be in this place. The Bible describes Sheol as, and I'm not going to read these scriptures, but you, if you're listening in, you can write them down and, and uh, look them up for yourself. It's a place of forgetfulness, Sheol is. Psalms 88.10-12. through 12. It's a place where inhabitants know nothing. That's what Job 14:21 says. Shield is a place where there is no work, no thought, no knowledge or wisdom. Ecclesiastes 9:5 says for the living know that they will die, but the dead do not know anything nor have 
they any longer a reward for their memory is forgotten. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your mind, for there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. The inhabitants of Sheol uh, are but a, a shadow. In fact, the Bible calls them shades. Sheol is a place of continued existence rather than annihilation, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exist beyond the reach of God. Psalms 139.8 says, If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you're there. The scripture says that Sheol is naked before God and Abaddon has no covering, Job 26.6. Sheol's underground, Numbers 16.30. Sheol is located in subterranean waters, Job 26.5. It has gates, according to Isaiah 38.10. And so the way we get there is either through subtle rebellion or willful rebellion. You know, willful rebellion is saying, Lord, you know, I know what your word says, but I'm not going to do it. Versus maybe a little child uh, trying to find a way to cope with their pain, run into the, something that's a false refuge. And it's really rebellion, but it's a subtle rebellion. The scripture says the wicked swallow up the innocent is another way we can get there. Proverbs one eleven says, If I say if they say come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without cause, let us swallow them alive like shield, even whole as those who go down to the pit. Also we can go into this place when we make idols. Psalms one twenty one thirty five verse fifteen through eighteen says those who make idols become like them. It says they have uh, mouths, but they can't speak. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have feet, but they can't walk. Another way that we get in this place is being uh, involved with a harlot or being a, a spiritual harlot. You know, when we make a covenant to be the bride of Christ, when we come to Christ, we're making a covenant to be the bride of Christ. And if our heart goes after an idol or another lover, then we commit spiritual adultery or spiritual harlotry. Proverbs 22:14 says, "The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who is cursed of the Lord will fall into it." Another way we get there is living after the flesh. Uh, Jonah 1:2, and you know what happened to Jonah uh, because he refused to preach to Nineveh. He took off running, and God allowed a big fish to swallow him. And after he was swallowed by a fish and decided he was going to obey God. God called the fish to to burp him up on dry land. And I used to tell my grandkids when I would tell them that story. And Jonah grabbed his Bible and he ran to Nineveh. Through spiritual adultery, Jeremiah 51, verse 34 and 44, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has swallowed me down like a monster and filled his stomach with my delicacies. And Nebuchadnezzar is a type and shadow of the powers of darkness. Hosea 8.8 says, Israel is swallowed up. That's the church. They are now among the nations like a vessel in which there is no, no one delights. 
Lamentations 3, 1 through 6 says, I am the man, I have a man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely against he against me he has turned his hand repeatedly all the day. He has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away. Speaking of God causing it, not blaming it on the devil, he, God, has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. In dark places, he has made me dwell like those who've gone, like those who long have been dead. And then we get swallowed up through spurning the Lord and rebelling against authority. And, you know, in the case of Korah and Dathan and, and Abiram, when they came against Moses' authority, God called the ground, caused the ground to swallow them up. And that's in Numbers 1630. We get swallowed up through the lack of knowledge. Isaiah 5.13 says, Therefore, my people go into exile for the lack of knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their, their multitude is parched with thirst. Isaiah 5.14 Therefore, Sheol has enlarged its throat and opened its mouth without measure. And Jerusalem, splendor, her multitude, her den of revelry, and the, and the jubilant within her descend into it. And we get swallowed up through the lack of a shepherd to rescue us. Ezekiel 34, 5 says, They were scattered for the lack of a shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and, and were scattered. And, of course, the beast of the field is a type and shadow of the powers of darkness. We get swallowed up through biting and devouring other people. Galatians 5.15 says, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. You know, I, I'm not proud of this, but I, God really showed me that this there's a spiritual eating that can even make you gain weight. I used to have a ministry forum where I housed people that were coming out of prostitution and uh, were on crack and on drugs and different things. And when I... Um, when I bought the farm, I I furnished the, the, the trailers and everything with new spreads and new furniture, and I bought a, a, a 90 fruit trees and a, a drip system, and and somebody vacuumed up, uh, and somebody gave it the ministry of a new vacuum cleaner, and somebody vacuumed up the dirt, and you know, or and or they took a, a mower and they mowed the they mowed that, um, the drip system into. And I didn't say it out loud, but inside I was thinking, stupid. You know, it was so frustrating. And, you know, when God showed me this, that I had swallowed people up, I'm telling you, when I really began to repent of that, I went down some dress sizes. And that's the honest to God's truth. So there was a spiritual weight gain because I had eaten up some people with my mouth. And maybe I didn't say it to them, but I probably said it to somebody else. Uh, Psalm 52, 4 says, you love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. So we get swallowed up also through biting and devouring ourselves. <clears throat> if I had a nickel for every time I've cursed myself, my size, I could be rich. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes ten twelve says, words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious, but the words of a fool, the lips of a fool, 
consume him. And we get swallowed up through making a refuge out of anything but the Lord. Alcohol, sex, TV, movies, pornography, fantasy, food, etc. Through excessive sorrow, we can get swallowed up in that Second Corinthians 2.7. We can get swallowed up through being under a curse. Leviticus 26 says the enemy's land will swallow you up if you break covenant with him. Through being spiritually enclosed, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 4, verse 4 says, For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do, know, we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. And we get swallowed up through being in denial. You know, God wants us to know the truth that sets us free. And the scripture says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And when I go through things, if I don't go to God, I turn to something else. I turn to a false God. Also, children get swallowed up through parents who are not uh, uh, covering them with love. Um, Also, through being born outside of God's refuge. If you picture, like I say, God's refuge like a big umbrella, most people were not, mother and daddy were not under God's authority, so they were born outside of God's refuge. But you can be brought into God's refuge through sexual abuse, through molestation. You can be eaten up by whoever molests you or rapes you, through being dominated by your parents and others, people controlling you, through being a Jezebel. Remember what happened to Jezebel? She got eaten by the dogs. Also through Afro-American heritage because of all the trauma that went on through slavery. A person can be uh, swallowed up in all of that. Through being a child following a miscarriage or abortion. You know, if a a person's womb is not cleansed, the, the child that's born after the miscarriage or abortion can carry the familiar spirit or the necromancy spirit of the dead baby. When a person has an abortion or a miscarriage, the spirit of that baby is still there until there's been a cleansing thank god for the blood of jesus he tells us in hebrews that we can cleanse ourselves from all defilement by the blood of jesus and here's some symptoms of a person with a captive spirit of being swallowed up refuse to risk life uh, maybe being afraid to move out retreats turns away from life and then satan just imprisons that person a person that's swallowed up may feel like they're in a tower looking out or walled up, have their heart walled up, or feel blocked in fleshly strongholds, unable to function. A person can um, be aware of something going on outside but not uh, like a prisoner in a tower would look out and see things going on around them. Their spirit may go to sleep. Uh, They may have an inability to function in areas. A person that's swallowed up may be tormented, traumatized, withered, emaciated, in agony. You don't have to have all those things, but you can have some of them. A person may feel hollow, empty, as though uh, something is missing. A person can feel uh, alone or lonely even when he's around lots of people. A person may feel persecuted and afflicted or tormented or even 
when there's no one bothering them or hurting them. A person's mind can get so bound up that he can um, sense life around it or not feel apart. He may, you may uh, sense if you're swallowed up that you have lots of talents and powers and energies that are just inside but are locked up. Unable to respond in metal sex, maybe uh, may not enjoy the glory of uh, sex in a, in a godly marriage. Uh, maybe you feel like it's just something you have to do. Maybe just being a being frigid. A person may feel an inner rage. A person may sense like a film or a fog or a mist over their life. Everything is dimmed, muted, hidden from you. Colors and sounds, which could also be other one of the roots to color blindness or dyslexia. A person may feel like going to sleep during. Um, an anointed teaching or worship and that it can also be a cause of narcolepsy where a person just falls asleep a person can feel uh, when they're in the presence of an anointed worship uh, teaching maybe vertigo or dizziness a person could suffer from dyslexia but not necessarily so a person can feel disconnected or Perceived by others, pauses or stutters. I remember once praying for a little boy. His daddy raged, and his grandfather brought him to a to a to a ministry uh, where I was teaching, and asked me to pray for him. And the little boy uh, couldn't wasn't doing good in school, uh, and he stuttered because of the all the fear that he had of his dad. And I remember jerking him out of that swallowed up place and he was able to uh, he was able to to repeat after me and it was just amazing how he couldn't do that before but he could repeat everything I said after that. A person may feel disconnected or become uh, just like a, a practice way of life of just trying to cope, maybe feel abuse or this neglected through molestations, dysfunction, being controlled. And the promises of God wanting to give us good. Psalms 30 verse 3 says, O Lord, you have brought up our soul from Sheol. You have kept us alive that we would not go down to the pit. Sing praise unto the Lord, you his godly ones. And give thanks to his name. For you will not abandon my soul from Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. And then David prayed in Psalm 69, verse 14, Deliver me from the mire, and do not let me sink. May I be delivered from my foes and from the deep waters. May the flood of waters overflow, not overflow me, nor the deep swallow me up nor the pit shut its mouth on me. And the good news is found in Jeremiah fifty-one forty-four. It says, after Jeremiah says in verse 34, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has devoured me and crushed me. He has set me down like an empty vessel. He has swallowed me like a monster. And this is a type of Satan. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has washed me away. 
Then in Jeremiah 51, verse 44, he says, God says, I will punish Baal of Babylon. When there's repentance, God says, I'll punish Baal of Babylon, and I will make what he swallowed come up out of my, out his mouth, and the nations will no longer stream to him. Even the wall of Babylon has fallen down. And healing will come to your life when you recognize the symptoms, the things that I've read that are in your life, and you ask the Lord to reveal whatever happened to you, the condition or whatever happened to you, when this, where the enemy swallowed you up. And a lot of times it's through childhood trauma. And Lord, I ask you to move into the area of each life, Lord, every person, the area of every imprisonment. And Lord, I ask you to free each person who's listening in to this message in the name of Jesus, who has been swallowed up by the enemy. You know, another way a person can be swallowed up is through birth trauma or through being put in an incubator. Anyway, parents need to walk uprightly before the Lord. Husbands need to be spiritual leaders of the home. They need to love their wife like Christ loves the church. Wives need to deeply respect their husbands. They need to pray for their children and bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord to be grow up being protected. Most people didn't grow up being protected. And so they turned to something else uh, to protect themselves in their trauma. And so if you can receive that, I'm going to lead you in repentance and then I'm going to do deliverance. And so father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus and pray with me. Father, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. God, I ask you to forgive me for uh, turning to anything but you forgive me, Lord, for running from you and not running to you running away from you. God, I ask you to forgive me for uh, my sin of idolatry. Forgive me for uh, spiritual harlotry and spiritual adultery. Forgive me for rebellion. God, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I, I choose your refuge. I choose to come out of this false refuge I've been in. Choose to run into your refuge. And Lord, you said your name is a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and are safe. And, Lord, I forgive, pray with me, I forgive my mother and father that, that they were not in your refuge, Lord. I forgive them that I did not grow up in a godly home. I forgive my mother and father and forefathers that I was born outside of your refuge, out where the enemy is. Lord, forgive me for making a covenant with death. Forgive me for concealing myself with lies and deception. Father, I've been like the first ripe fig of summer that whenever the fig tree shaken I fall into the eater's mouth Lord forgive me for not being sober and alert um, forgive me for um, not guarding myself against the enemy God forgive me for my sin and idolatry and evil that would cause you to allow the enemy to swallow me up Father I ask you to take me out of every place and place me in your refuge in Jesus name and I just break soul ties with every person that I have sinned with or who sinned against me or who's hurt me or molested me or raped me. I break soul ties with every person who's ever touched me in an inappropriate way. I forgive my parents for being angry, full of rage and anger. I forgive them that I was afraid of them. Forgive me for idolatry, Lord, which would cause you to allow me to be swallowed up. 
Forgive me, Lord, for spiritual adultery. Forgive me for rebellion, subtle or willful rebellion. God, forgive me for biting and devouring myself. Forgive me for being a spiritual harlot. Forgive me for making idols. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me for cursing myself. I forgive every person who swallowed me up, bitten and devoured me. Forgive me for biting and devouring. God, forgive me for biting and devouring the body of Christ and biting and devouring other people. Forgive me for uh, lying lips. Forgive me for living after the flesh. Forgive me for spurning you, Lord, and rebelling against you, your authority, cursing authority. God, forgive me for the lack of knowledge, rejecting knowledge, which has caused me to go into exile. Forgive me. I forgive my mother and father and uh, all the pastors in my life for the lack of a shepherd that they didn't watch over me. Forgive me for making a refuge out of alcohol, drugs, sex, TV, movies, pornography, fantasy, food. Lord, forgive me for the sorrow that leads to death and not the sorrow that leads to repentance. Forgive me for breaking covenant with you, which would cause the enemy's land to swallow me up. I ask you to clothe me, Lord, with robes of righteousness. Forgive me for denial. Forgive me for sweeping things under the rug. Forgive me for running from you instead of to you. I forgive my parents for not covering me with love. I forgive every person who sexually abused me. I forgive my parents for not protecting me. I forgive... uh, Every person, my parents and other people that dominated me and controlled me, forgive me for being a Jezebel. I forgive the people that have hurt my African-American forefathers, enslaved them, tortured them, killed them, murdered them, raped them. I forgive every person that's even spoken a negative word to my forefathers. Lord, if I was a child born after a miscarriage or abortion, I break soul ties. In the name of Jesus, with every person concerned, I break soul ties with every person who's ever touched or spoken evil to my forefathers. And Lord, today I choose to risk life. I choose to run into your refuge, according to Proverbs 18.10, in Jesus' name. Now I just come against every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I come against every spirit that came into everything they've confessed in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pull them out of all those swallowed-up places. I jerk them out of there. I jerk them out of the fire. Forgive them for not listening. Forgive them for seeing many things but not obeying you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I bring them under your refuge in the name of Jesus. And I praise you, Lord, and I bless you. And I command every demon spirit to leave them now in Jesus' name. I command the enemy to spit them up, let them go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I take each person who's listening to this message out of the land of forgetfulness in Jesus' name. 
I break the power of rejection over them in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Praise the Lord. Give Jesus a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name. If you'd like prayer, you can call 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1, and I'll be happy to pray for you. If you'd like a, a, a seminar or a meeting scheduled in your area, you can contact me at Jerry McGee, and that's G, like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, com, or Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net. My website is jerrymcgee.com, and it'll take you to abidinglifeministries.org. And uh, as I said earlier, we meet on the first and the second, the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8. And so I hope you'll listen in again. If you, uh, on our website, there's, there's free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. There's a place where you can uh, support our ministry, a place where you can send a gift through PayPal, and I encourage you to do that. And also, um, the lady that sponsors this program, you can send her a gift, and I'm sure she has other speakers on her blog talk radio, and uh, she gives a wonderful service to people. And so you can you can send a gift to her ministry by going to D, like Dorothy, Churchy, Church with a Y at Hotmail dot com. And uh, you can write us at Post Office Box eleven forty one Lindale Texas. I have a Duncanville meeting the first of each month. This next month, uh, July the seventh, it's at the Hilton Garden Inn, and that's in Duncanville. And that's at uh, Main Street, which is exit 462 off of Interstate 20. Hilton Garden Inns is at the whole, um, it's on the north, the south side of Interstate 20 there at the corner of Main Street and Interstate 20. My son, who is a pa- is my pastor, he'll be teaching in, in July because I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And that's um, July the 5th through the 8th. And I encourage you to come. You can get wonderful deliverance there. And I encourage you to come to Duncanville July the 7th. And there's a there's a books and uh, CDs you can order on my website. One I encourage you to order. It's called Clearing the Land. In that book, I list uh, lots of Bible, all the Bible cursive, and you can just actually get deliverance just going through the book and just repenting. It's a repentance book. It's called Clearing the Land, Preparing for Deliverance. There's also a book on drunkenness, one on grief, overcoming uh, life's obstacles, lots of uh, free things that you can uh, print out, a lot of free articles. And so if nobody is uh, wanting prayer, then we'll close. And I hope to see you again the third Tuesday of June, 2018, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.